There's something about being intentional, so like the verb intentional as opposed to the noun intention, which is about embodying and being connected with that original intention, but moment to moment. You know, it's a bit like when you're learning how to drive and you haven't quite mastered it all yet and you're overthinking everything and it feels quite, there's a lot of effort. But I think that there's another way of moment to moment kind of embodying that intention, which is one which is much more when we are in flow and you can kind of almost forget everything. Welcome to the Digital Habit Lab from Mind Over Tech, a place where we explore our relationship with technology. I'm your host, Menka Sangvi. In each episode, I'll be joined by guests from different walks of life as we observe how we use tech, reflect on how it sometimes uses us, and experiment with ways to make sure it is actually helping us to do what we value most in life. Each season of our podcast focuses on a theme, and this one is about intention. We're asking questions like, what is intention? What does it feel like to be intentional? And why is it so important to the way we use technology? In this special episode, you'll hear from the Mind Over Tech team. It's an internal conversation that we had on the theme of intention, and it covers a lot of ground. We discuss the importance of taking breaks, the value of clearly defined activities, how being in a group makes a difference, the idea of intention as a dynamic movement of checking in whilst in a flow, and lots more. You'll hear from Mind Over Tech CEO Jonathan Garner, as well as Zach Bassey, Sophie Smiles, and myself. So the truth is, and it's funny for a team talking all about tech, the first time we recorded this conversation, it didn't actually save properly. So we agreed to do it all over again a few weeks later, and we ended up talking about completely different things the second time round, which I suppose speaks to how vast the subject is. Big thanks for doing it twice, guys. Right, let's get started. Big welcome to all of you guys on take two of the podcast <laughs> recording. So just to kick off, I want to ask you to think about when during an average day do you feel the most intentional? There's various points in the day, but what connects them is that it's all just after some downtime. It's after I've refreshed, I've had a bit of a rest and I'm ready to start again. You know, after a morning routine and after lunch or after these little breaks, so those little moments mm. stepping back and just seeing where I'm at and actually am I am I really working on the right thing? Am I still on track? Am I going about it in the most appropriate or effective way or have I, yeah, gone down a rabbit hole, which might be really interesting. <laughs> it is not on purpose. For me, it's the morning. That's when I feel the most clear-headed and intentional. I, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. So I, I have a, a plan, a morning plan. I'm not thinking about what to do. I'm just actually just doing it. I feel my, my head is much clearer and able to focus and enjoy my actions uh, when I'm not double-guessing myself as to, should I do this or should I do that? It's taking the choice out of the equation a few answers came to mind for me so also mornings but then that's like on a zoomed in daily scale but then I was thinking on a bit more of a zoomed out scale and I was remembering the end of last year the end of 2020 and how I was just 
like everyone done by the end of the year and how after having those two weeks over Christmas, which weren't particularly pleasant, I felt burnt out. It took me two weeks to feel kind of vaguely myself again. And yet at that point, after those two weeks, I felt far more intentional than I had done for the previous six months. And um, so I, I guess there's maybe there's a parallel there. There's kind of like some coming out from a moment of pause or space somehow gives you perspective. And then I guess I was just thinking as well, to be intentional is is not to be reactive. It involves a process of digesting information and kind of taking that in and then responding to that, but on your own terms. And so I, I guess that sense of having space, whether it's after having had a night's sleep or after having had a holiday or a bit of downtime, you've given yourself space to digest information and take it on board and then give yourself that broader perspective from which then you can act intentionally. I actually found this quite a difficult question. I realized like when I'm working on a particular project, like I'm in one of my 25 minute um, Pomodoro um, sessions or something, or I've decided I'm going to go to the park and I've said, okay, I'm going to really appreciate being alive in the next half an hour. And um, like it's something where I've actually decided it. I've, I've taken a moment to sort of claim that pit of life for something or other. And I can now retrospectively realize those are the times when I've been most intentional. I can do all of those things unintentionally. And it's really funny. I can be walking the park completely, you know, unintentionally and not even noticing I'm there. <laughs> or I can have planned it and the same thing will happen. And yet it's got a completely different effect on my life. And I feel differently about it afterwards. You know, I don't regret that I just walked and did nothing. If I'd said to myself before, I'm going to walk around and do nothing. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, I, can, I can really relate to that. Is there a particular activity which lends itself more, you're more likely to feel intentional, feel aligned, feel purposeful, deliberate when you're doing it? Because something about the nature of that activity would trigger that. And it's, it's going to be so different for different people. The first thing I thought of was there are moments when I'm, when I'm connected to other people and I'm working with other people, I can really feel a lot more intentional or, you know, when we're all working towards something together in a particular event or meeting. But equally... Actually, that's <laughs> depending on the people and the time and what's going on, that could also be a, a huge distraction, can't it? So it, I guess it depends on uh, on too many factors. But there is something about the connection between getting collective energy, though, and uh, from, a, from a creative point of view, I think that's where I've experienced it most often, when you can get into that place where you're sparking off each other and you're all working towards a particular goal and you're kind of bouncing off each other in some way um i love that feeling mm. but it doesn't happen every time it's not determined by the activity yeah i think it's a set of conditions that you know come together sometimes and not mm -hmm. on other times actually um i'd love to add to that if i have my mobile phone in the room when i'm at band practice and it's on the table I can't play as well. I'll start to look at it. Like I have to switch it off and put it, you know, preferably out of the room, but I can't always do that, but in a coat pocket or something. And then it takes a certain amount of time for me to leave where I was and be playing. 
and it sometimes can take up to an hour and you won't notice. It's like, I think the nearest thing I'd say is like when you fall asleep, you don't notice the moment you fall asleep, but you do know when you're dreaming or that you dreamt at least, and you do know when you're awake. So I would say that the relationship to intention is that I know I want to get to that flowing point. I want to resonate with the music. I want it to feel right. I want to embody it. But I can't make a deliberate part of that. I just have to try to get some things which would prevent me from getting there out of the way. I, I would agree with what was said that actually it's not so much the activity, it's rather like the quality of your engagement with it in in any moment. And yet there are there are activities which stereotypically or um or almost on a cliched basis, like one might associate with being intentional. And I, you know, I guess something like meditation would probably come up quite high on a list like that. But it could be something as well, like, I mean, sport, like, for example, for me, when I go running, that's definitely something where I can feel often that I can easily slip into an intentional state of mind. So I think what's quite nice about an activity, like whether it's as a sport or playing an instrument or something like that, is there's something which kind of it also has its own rules and boundaries. Like it would be very obvious to you when you're not playing music as to when you are. And so there's kind of like, there's an initial step and a sense of I'm going to start this, I'm going to gather my energy and begin. And somehow those boundaries can help you maybe move towards that state of flow, which Zach and Sophie were talking about. But then, because then I was was thinking in contrast, like what things do I find it hard to be intentional with? And, you know, of course, at my Never Tech, we talk about it all the time, but, you know, I've just spent this morning before this call kind of not accomplishing very much at all, but sat at my computer the whole time. And the the difference there is there's not a clear boundary or rule in my mind. I, I, I don't know. It hasn't been clear to me in the same way that it would be clear if I was playing music or not, whether I was doing my work or not, <laughs> because I hadn't taken the time to kind of even work out what it is specific that I was doing. So there's a few things there, I guess, like something about the physical embodiment, but also having some sense of a boundary or a limitation within which you can you can work. Jonathan's um, point reminded me of this uh, thought I had that maybe part of it is about choice and cost. There's a cost to it because when I'm not in, intentional, it's almost like the, the automatic way that it goes, the, it's the, the, the direction of least cost, the, the easiest thing to do. It's not always bad, but it's the easiest co- thing to do by, by definition almost. Uh, whereas when I'm more intentional, there's a kind of choice and cost, even moment to moment to it. It's, it's not necessarily that easiest thing to do. There's something about, okay, because, you know, I want to achieve this or because I want to be here. There's there's something with a slightly higher cost to than just the downward flow in the, the easiest rut to go down. Yeah, that makes sense. So the activities that I find myself most intentional in are probably the harder ones. <laughs> Similar to what you said, Jonathan, uh, at the moment, that's something like meditation is something I'm finding quite hard at the moment, but not just that, even things like washing up the dishes, I'm just going through like a hating washing up the dishes <laughs> phase of life. And Literally. so, but I'm still doing it. Yeah. But, I, <laughs> but, but I'm still doing it and uh, it's really changed. Like the way I do it, it's really different now. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm just like very present when I'm doing it, strangely enough. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just picking up on the thing that Sophie said about people and working with people 
initially when you said that, I was thinking when you're working with people, surely there's like lots of different agendas. It's easier to get distracted in a way. But on the other hand, there's also a boundary and a container and there's like a purpose for being together in conversation. So you're less able to follow a thread of distraction in your mind. And there's a safety net of, of like, even if you do get lost in thought, then the next person who says something might bring you back to, to where you are right here, right now in this particular conversation. I think there's something, um, I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't think words really do it good enough justice really, but what I hear you describing there is when a group of people kind of come together regularly and build a certain kind of connection and trust, I guess, and it's like the practicing, it's like a band getting together and practicing together. When you've actually established that, and you bring in a sort of a group intention or actually my own personal intention in that space, it actually makes it much easier. <laughs> you know, um, there's something that's not there when, and, and I think it might be connected to the sort of neurophysiological response to uncertainty, creating a sense of stress and anxiety. And that's just a natural response that we have. And maybe when you are in a group of people where you don't know so well, you, you're not comfortable with or you haven't sort of fallen into that sense of ease and comfort with those people, then your guard is up and your your perspective changes, your perception of things and behaviours changes. And so your ability to really stay on that thing that I'm talking about, when you know, when we have that that intention, which isn't just about looking at the future and the purpose and the goal is it it's it's intimately connected with being able to stay in the present moment and respond to what's happening in the present moment so I, I think there's something about developing that and enabling that space with people one of the things I heard you say Sophie also is that it's in any of these different contexts maybe there's a way of bringing intention in so there's like a choice and when you realize it's not there, you can switch it on, you can bring your own personal intent into into the, the space, even if uh, there isn't a collective one. Mm. Uh, just remember why you're there right here, right now. Um, mm. Even if it's just a habitual gathering, which doesn't have any other explicit purpose. Mm. And then all the other thing you said was it's something to be developed. So like intention is something to be developed is an interesting concept to maybe get better at being intentional if you practice it more. I was just thinking about the, the social element, like us being social creatures and remembering that as individuals, we'll kind of have a wave. Sometimes we'll be more intentional and less intentional or more focused and less focused. But when you bring people together who have some common goal in mind, however diffuse that is, maybe it's very specific, you're in a company or it's some other objective, it means that you won't all be at the lows at the same time. So maybe there's a greater chance of being brought back on track. So we're all on this call. Like, I've got a cold. I admit it. I'm a little bit more run down. I'm definitely not as energetic as usual. But it, there's a difference. But coming together with everybody else and knowing why we're here, it's, it, I can feel it. I'm obviously more energized than I would be just, as, you know, had I not been on the call. Like, there's something about knowing, okay, this is why I'm here. This is what we're doing. So the... the there, it's not just about there being numbers, but there's some kind of psychological effect that maybe helps even out. Um, and it's not even equal, like it, it raises it. So 
I think the people who are really on the, the tip of the wave, they're feeling good and energized by the other people coming to join and strengthen them. And those of us who maybe a little bit have lost focus or a little bit um, under the weather can be raised at that particular time. There's almost like, there's the accountability of being with with people, like whether that's an energy like Zach was saying, where maybe you, you can lean into the collective responsibility of the group, which occurs when a group of people come together. The best example I had of social space was when I was in the athletics team. And mm-hmm. um, it was amazing. Like, even if you didn't feel like going, you know, running or whatever, as soon as you're with the group going to do the things, you were completely pumped and like you didn't want to let the team down. Um, you actually felt like you wanted to do this horrible uh, push-up regime and whatever. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't just a kind of, um, you know, everybody trying to look all, you know, I'm as tough as everyone else. There was a kind of like, no, let's do this. Let's do this for the team. Okay, so since we're talking about um, being with other people, what about when you're on social media? Ironically, quite often activity on social media is incredibly intentional. There's quite often very specific goals which people have when in, when engaging with that. And I guess maybe that would be defining active social media use because on the flip side, passive use where you just end up <laughs> in your Twitter feed before you even realize that mm. you've tapped on the app and you're not doing anything other than scrolling through and like just emotionally reacting to whatever's there, that would probably be highly unintentional. <laughs> yeah. I think platforms like TikTok, whether they are or not, they at least claim to offer a lot more authenticity. So kind of, you know, something like Instagram where people are very, it's very highly curated. A lot of the images is because it's very visually based and it, there's, there's something about that. Whereas on TikTok, a lot of the content which is posted is very, there's a sense of I've just hit record and something crazy is going on, but you're kind of seeing the real me. And I've even seen on there, you know, it'll be interesting to see in, in, in the next few years and as, as, as each new generation kind of meets this, where, where that trend goes. And, and, where, you know, and when people use terms like, being authentic in a, in a platform like that, yes, compared to another one, it might be authentic, but but how how authentic is it to like the kind of truest meaning of that word? Yeah, how authentic is authentic, and the, and the change of this word. But I really feel like there's a there's a big piece missing, um, and it and it is connected to that feeling or that um, it's not just motivation and intention; it's something to do with really being able to sense something bringing it back again to that connection to the present moment i think that has got to be um that that's for me is really a key part of it is a a connection to the present moment which as we all know we we can very easily interact on social media and not be (laughs) so Mind over tech strapline. Jonathan, you want to tell us where it comes from? Embracing technology with intention. The acknowledgement that technology is not inherently bad and it can actually be an enabler of lots of positive things. And that whilst there are things left to be desired about the way which tech is regulated or maybe some of the larger companies kind of run or, or monopolized, there's still a large amount of responsibility, which we can take as individuals to actually uh, determine the impact which that technology has on our lives right now. Um, 
it determines t- t- to the extent to which it's something which can really align with and nourish and support and boost all that's most important to you. Uh, or it could also, if used unintentionally, be a, a cause of distraction or uh, kind of creating a, a distance from or feeling yeah, disconnected from those things. The word intention itself can can get really heavy. Like a lot of the time when I've just listened to myself talking on this, I'm talking about responsibility and kind of like all these things. And it, it can feel like, oh my God. But actually there's something about being intentional. So like the verb intentional as opposed to the noun intention, which is about embodying and being connected with that original intention, but moment to moment. It's kind of it's the thing which bridges the gap between where you are now and your end result. It's kind of how you're able to constantly check in with that and be true to that in any given moment. So I, th- I think because at Mind Over Tech we also talk a lot about digital well-being as being like a practice, or you know, good intentional ha- uh, intentional digital habits being like a practice, something which needs to constantly be renewed or embodied moment by moment as well. And so I think. There's, there's something there, like in all these conversations that we've had about music or about, like Menke, you're talking about just, you know, being in that flow. I think that is, that's to me like an, an intentional digital habit is one where it's, it's, it's dynamic and it's responding to whatever's going on. And it's, and it's able to constantly refresh and renew that intention in response to whatever's going on right now. You're not just setting a goal and then forgetting about it. You're setting a goal and you're constantly checking back in with it. The one thing which probably has the biggest factor about whether you can experience joy or not when using tech is if you are being intentional with it or not. What do you guys think, Zach, Sophie? I like that. It's a very, very positive framing that's like a very light reminder of the order of things. (laughs) Because I think last time you talked about Menka, you know, not being sure sometimes with the recommendation engines. Um, they, they were so spot on and you're like yeah that's what I like oh it's probably it's found me out again and then you're so far along that line and eventually you're like wait a minute is is that me or am I like we, is the algorithm choosing the things for you or is it finding the things you would have chosen just in enough time like if Amazon delivered you know the package just now but they made a mistake and it was before you'd press click is that better like <laughs> you know so I, I like it as a just a reminder that you know, it's great, but the, the order of things is us first, you know. And it's funny that it almost is beginning to feel like that's nearly controversial in some some circles. You know, like it's not about the algorithm. that That's to help us with the things we want to do. And so we can take the ever-developing technology, we can embrace it. We can say, okay, this is wonderful. This has come to my set of tools of how to be in the world. But I will decide. It will be my intention of how to do that. And you're right. It's become difficult to do that if we're just walking automatically and assuming the technology will do that. But we, you know, I think there's a maturity that can come and say, well, that's not necessarily the default setting. It, you know, if I don't think about it, it's not necessarily true that I'll have all the best possible outcomes just from using technology. So maybe I need to bring a conscious part of myself to this. And then I can embrace it to be able to move forward in a way that that's meaningful to me. So that that's kind of, you know, the angle I, I, I come in on it. 
it's a bit like when you're when you're learning how to drive and you haven't quite mastered it all yet and you're th- you're overthinking everything mm. and it feels quite there's a lot of effort but i think that there's a there's there's another way of moment to moment kind of embodying that intention which is one which is much more when we are in flow on in these things and you can kind of almost forget everything but the combination of the fact that you set an intention to begin with and that in that moment you are connected with your mind with your heart and you're kind of embodied that itself is enough to keep you on track in a good way and so i think in that sense mind over tech is almost that kind of pouring in as much of those human qualities as possible into the moment by moment use of technology to keep everything flowing or aligned in in that in that right direction i guess yeah. What a great exploratory conversation. I especially love that idea of intention as a way of being. I hope you enjoyed listening in. If you did, we'd really appreciate a positive review on whichever podcast app that you use. It will help others to find us. Many thanks to Jonathan, Zach and Sophie for the conversation. And thank you for listening. If you're curious about any specific research or practices that we mentioned in today's episode, we've included some links in the show notes. To find them, head over to our website, mindovertech.com. We also have a newsletter, which you might find useful. It's full of ideas and inspiration, but also practical tips for experimenting with your digital habits. I hope you can join us again next time. Bye for now.